Hi, this is Dominic Preziosi, editor of Commonweal. One week after the inauguration of Joe Biden, only the second Catholic president in American history, our associate editor, Matthew Sittman, is here to talk with Massimo Fagioli about his new book, Joe Biden and Catholicism in the United States. That conversation is coming up on the Commonweal podcast. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today, Dominic? I'm doing good, too. And here we are one week after the inauguration of Joe Biden. And we have a very well-timed conversation with Massimo Fagioli about his new book. Yes, that's right. Joe Biden and American Catholicism. It's just out. I think it actually was released the day of the inauguration or the day after. So it's newly available in paperback and electronically. You know, one of the things I didn't realize, or I only realized after reading the book, is that Massimo moved to the United States just as Obama was becoming president. You know, his time in the United States when he moved here from Italy has overlapped with this really tumultuous and eventful period in our political life. And I think that kind of perspective as an outsider and as a historian really is one of the distinctive things about his book. Maybe you could just give a little highlight or two about what you guys talked about. Well, we talked about that some, just what he notices given his unique position. But also we talked a lot about the situation that Biden is stepping into both politically and in the context of the Catholic Church globally and in the United States. And the complications, we already have seen that the Bishop's Conference has a working group you know, dedicated to sniffing out where Biden's a heretic, basically. Uh, but he, he seems to, people in the Vatican, Pope Francis, you know, seems to be pretty warmly receiving Biden's election. So it's an interesting situation where the president of the United States might be closer to the Pope than the bishops in his own country. And that's one of the things we talk about, among many others. Great. I think our listeners will really enjoy this. So why don't we take a listen? Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Welcome to the Commonweal Podcast, Massimo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I wanted to just begin by asking you a two-pronged question. One is, why did you want to write this book? And second of all, what kind of book is it? This book starts in some sense in the summer of 2008 when I arrived in the United States from Italy. And it was in the middle of the campaign, which in the end, he elected Barack Obama to the presidency. And I started noticing how important religion and religious identities are for American politics. I started teaching a course on American Catholicism and politics beginning in 2010. In the fall semester of 2020, during the, the campaign, I taught a version of this course, which was also following closely what kind of role religion and Catholicism especially was playing in the Biden campaign and in the Trump campaign. And so this book is not a biography of Joe Biden, but it's a study of what it means to have its second Catholic president elected in 2020 after Donald Trump and in the context of Pope Francis pontificate and what it means for Joe Biden to be elected in America where religion has become so polarized and also where Catholicism has become polarized in a way that is unprecedented, I think, and without comparisons with other churches around the world. So Biden will be our second Catholic president. 
But one of the things, and I want to talk about the meaning of Biden's presidency, this moment he's been elected in. What are your impressions as an outsider, you might say, as someone who didn't grow up in the United States, when you moved here and you saw the way both religion more generally and Catholicism maybe in particular, the role it played in our political life, what was different about America? Or what were just your impressions about what you saw? Many things, I would say, also because it was the beginning of uh, the Great Recession. But the most uh, important difference for someone coming from Europe in general, not just Italy, is the central role that a moral and religious narrative of America plays in both campaigns. As an historian, I, I always say that you really cannot compare the American presidency with the French presidency or the Italian or, or other offices that are comparable because the American presidency is also a moral and in some sense a religious office because it is articulated always with a very strong sense of uh, a mission, uh, a destiny, a role of, of, of the nation, which is inseparable from a self-understanding of America as a religious project, even if it's a secular religion, but it's also full of symbols, of liturgies, of texts that are seen as sacred also by secular Americans. And so that was from the very beginning the most interesting thing. And of course, my background is also in political science. And so that was immediately very appealing to me to start to understand and compare the differences, especially between two different kinds of Catholicism, actually. One of the things you emphasize in the book is that Biden is entering office at a very interesting moment in the life of the Catholic Church. You mentioned the difference between maybe European Catholicism and American Catholicism, but there's also competing versions of American Catholicism, you might say. You use the term neo-nationalist, maybe neo-traditionalist, critics of Pope Francis. And one of the interesting things about Biden is that he's our second Catholic president at a moment in which these kind of reactionary forces in the church, <laughs> both just a, a year or two after they attempted a coup against Pope Francis, you might say, in the church, and the coup attempt here in the United States. Someone like Archbishop Vigano was a player in both attempts, you might say, right? So Biden is not just entering an interesting moment in the life of American politics and the Catholic Church, but he's he himself represents a certain strain of Catholicism. I wonder if you could speak to Biden's, the, the type of Catholic he is, and how that fits into the situation we're now in. So this is very important, I think, because the question, what kind of Catholic uh, is Joe Biden, is much more relevant now than it was at the time of John Kennedy or at the time of Al Smith. Because back then, uh, we know that there were Catholics um, in the United States or in the Vatican that were not really happy with Al Smith or John Kennedy running for president with their policies. But it was a Catholic church that was much more united, and it was a, at least visibly. It was not visibly 
split. Now we have a much more complicated Catholicism in terms of, of different political cultures, but also liturgical worldviews that are much more diverse. And so Joe Biden, I believe, he is in the middle between old Catholicism and the new one. And so biographically, but also culturally and from the point of view of his devotional life and religious worldviews, he belongs much more to the 20th century. He's one of those Catholics uh, who came of age in the 60s during the Second Vatican Council and really benefited from that uh, golden age of the embrace between Catholicism and the American mainstream. And that's very important for him politically because he's, he's still able to articulate a series of distinctions that I believe are crucial for Catholics in public life, which is distinction between church and state, between religion and politics, between world, your own worldviews and the pluralistic state. And it's interesting, for example, that he's known for uh, his liberal position on abortion, for example. But he, he, he's also been very, I would say, wise and skilled in, in avoiding any direct confrontation with the Vatican, with the bishops. This is something that is a skill that was typical of, uh, of uh, the 20th century Catholic politicians, so, which is something that is more difficult to find now because younger Catholic politicians, they have developed a certain eagerness to respond to the church also dogmatically, theologically, which is something that is not particularly necessarily a strong interest of Joe Biden. And that gives him more freedom, I, I believe. For any other Catholic in public life now, in both parties now saying he or she is a Catholic, it means re relatively little. Right, because it could mean so many different things. If, if the Catholicism, a, a candidate's Catholicism could be expressed in a number of ways is what you're saying. Sure. But if we remember the, the last few presidential campaigns, we should, if we just mentioned the names of Paul Ryan, of Rick Santor, of Newt Gingrich. You can see the whole spectrum on issues that are moral, that are uh, of, ec of economy, of international affairs. So it the, the spectrum has become much larger on all issues, included, as you were saying, so one of those taboos for Catholics until 20 years ago, or even less, which was that you shouldn't really touch the papacy. No one is allowed to question the legitimacy of the, of, of the papal election, uh, the legitimacy of the papacy itself, which is a taboo that, as we all know, has been broken in these last few years after Pope Francis was elected. And as we all know, the headquarter of the radical opposition against Pope Francis, it was and is in the United States. And so that gives us a, an idea of how important it is to understand what kind of Catholic now is, is going to be in the White House.
Well, it's striking. One of the things after Biden, after it became clear in November that Biden won that first after a week or so, within a few days of the election, when the newspapers called the election for Biden, he gave that first speech. He cited on Eagle's Wings, a famous post-Vatican II hymn. And you mentioned that in your book, and, and it was something that caused a lot of commentators to take notice. What did that moment mean for you? What did it mean for Biden at this moment when he was accepting that he'd won the presidency to cite that hymn? It means that he's a, a Catholic very much in, in the middle of the road of the Catholic Church without particular peculiar tastes in liturgy or in theology. His Catholicism is much less intellectual than John Kennedy. Joe Biden has seen his life, I mean, shaped by a series of tragedies. And for him, Catholicism is much more an anchor for his life than, uh, than something that is intellectually fascinating or relevant. So it's very personal, but it can connect more easily, I would say, with many more Catholics, many more Americans that are not necessarily liberal or not necessarily conservative, but they can see something that is original there and it's authentic. Support for Commonweal comes from Simon & Schuster, publishers of Let Us Dream, The Path to a Better Future by Pope Francis. In his most personal and inspiring writing yet, Pope Francis discusses how we can emerge from the COVID crisis stronger and more unified than ever. To come out of this crisis better, we have to see clearly, choose well, and act right. Let's talk about how Let Us Dare to Dream, writes Pope Francis in Let Us Dream, before providing a blueprint for a more equitable society, one ready to confront income inequality, climate change, and other major issues facing the world with love, compassion, and faith. Let Us Dream by Pope Francis is available now in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. Uh, you mentioned the tragedies of his own life, and his wife and daughter died in a car accident. His son, Beau, died of cancer a few years ago. And he, Biden is, in some ways, he's been described as a griever-in-chief, right? He's someone, the personal tragedies and grief and the reckoning with suffering has been such a major part of his public life that his Catholicism is informed. And I just wonder if that part of his life in particular, and what his faith has done for him in that realm. How do you see that connecting to this moment in our politics where it does seem like, for all the, I don't mean this in a too easy way, but in which healing is necessary, right? Reconciliation. Hopefully he would be able to help us move forward in some ways in that sense. Do you see his personal piety or his, his personal uh, connection to Catholicism and what it's meant in his own struggles and suffering connecting to now his public role in some way? I do, absolutely. I think you are right. So I believe that being elected during the year of the pandemic and beginning to be the president in what could be the worst moment of, of the pandemic, almost one year into this, it makes him transition from the role of the griever in chief 
to the comforter in chief. And so this is something we have seen in the campaign that he is able to articulate a language of suffering uh, and of healing that was impossible to see not only in Donald Trump, but also, I would say, also in Barack Obama or in George Bush. But there's also something interesting. So there's a connection, I, I would say, and I don't want to sound too pious here, but with Paul Francis, because both of them are survivors in some sense because they were elected to the highest office way too late for any reasonable career system. And they have survived serious incidents in their lives, in their careers. And so these two old men, and so they can really say something in terms of compassion and of wisdom in a very particular moment in the life of the nation and of the Catholic Church. And so there are huge differences, but it says something, for example, that in Biden's campaign, in his speeches and in the inauguration, the Jesuits have played a very visible role That is, I believe, more than a coincidence. There's something there in terms of the the need to tap into some kind of spiritual reservoir. And that is really part of this fascinating moment, I think. Yeah, something you wrote in your book, maybe about halfway through. You point out that the the U.S. bishops, they, they evinced a certain sympathy for Trump and you write that it depended on the fact that they and U.S. Catholicism in general, this is a quote, did not have to learn democracy by dealing with fascism, as Catholics did in Europe before, during and after World War II. European Catholics know well from the tragic experience of two world wars how the credibility of the church was destroyed by its support for authoritarian regimes, end quote. And so Biden, both Biden and Francis now, they're they're working in this moment where it seems like democracy itself is imperiled. We know in the United States, the recent insurrection at the Capitol, which really was a resistance to the peaceful transfer of power and the democratic legitimacy of Biden. And Francis, as we know, recently released Fratelli Tutti, his very remarkable document that calls us, I think, to a, a richer democratic life in some ways. So we're now in the position of, in some ways, the United States having a more perilous relationship to democracy than the Pope, which is a great historical irony in some ways. So how do you see both Francis and Biden's role in this moment where it seems like anti-democratic forces, the far right, and liberal forces in our politics are at work? What does Biden and Francis as Catholics have to say to this moment? Yeah, this is very interesting because, as we all know, in history, Catholicism had a complicated relationship with democracy and constitutional values, especially uh, until World War II. And so this is, it was really part of the learning experience of Catholicism from World War I and World War II that uncompromising with the dictators always um, is very negative for the authority of, of the church. But here there's one more irony or tragedy because historically one of the most effective ways for American Catholics to legitimate the, themselves in the public square was a kind of uh, 
constitutional patriotism saying, so we are Catholics, we obey the Pope and so on, but we are very faithful to democracy, to our constitution and so on, which is something that has changed in these last few years because of the approval and endorsement of important Catholic leaders in this country to Donald Trump. And so here Pope Francis is paradoxically has more credentials right now as a spokesperson for defense of individual rights and of minorities, of constitutional values, than American Catholics. And so this is a a great reversal if you just think uh, 1960, Kennedy was repeatedly questioned, how can a Catholic be a president of a democracy when your church is really not a great example of, of, of liberty for non-Catholics, for example. And so this is really a very particular alignment, which is very different. For example, if we remember the alignment in the early two thousands between Benedict the Sixteenth and George W. Bush. And so that was was a very different kind of message that Americans, American Catholics, and Catholics worldwide were receiving about this kind of alliance. It's also different from the alliance between John Paul II and Ronald Reagan. And so all of those alliances, they had democracy and a sort of worldview at the center. Right now, Joe Biden and Francis are allied in this, in a global situation where democracy is much more in peril than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. And I, I wondered what is the relationship that Biden will have with the institutional church. And I mean that in the sense that we already know the U.S. bishops took a maybe a friendlier than they should have posture towards Trump. There's a committee they've set up to deal with Biden. Various bishops have said he should, he should be denied communion because of his stance on abortion. So it seems like his relationship to you, the U.S. bishops might be complicated in certain ways. And I wondered if you saw that as meaning Biden might have a more direct relationship to Francis and the Vatican and how that kind of interplay between Biden as the American president the Vatican and Pope Francis, and then the U.S. bishops, how that tangle of relationships will play out. You're right. So here Joe Biden will have or has already a much more direct and more friendly relationship with the Vatican and with Pope Francis than with the U.S. bishops. And this is, I would say, typical. It is typical of the proverbial Vatican pragmatism. So we could see... That already uh, with Barack Obama and uh, Pope Benedict, it was um, a much better relationship than domestically. And so this is not new. What's new, it's this. It's that the tense relationship between the U.S. bishops and Joe Biden is not just that this president is a Catholic and so he's also a member of their church, but also that U.S. bishops now are trying to have this very hard line, not just posture, but also language, in a situation where their authority and their legitimacy really has been severely tarnished by the failure to speak up on some issues during the Trump administration. So here, this is, it could be 
short term uh, technical advantage for Joe Biden because it will be hard for him to look less Catholics than the bishops. But on the long run, it could really be a problem because to deliver on some issues, I believe Joe Biden needs to unite the whole country, including the Catholic Church in this country. And so this is not something Pope Francis can do. What are the best and worst case scenarios for Biden as a Catholic president <laughs> going forward. You've raised the specter uh, or the possibility of healing and reconciliation, of depolarization, of depoliticizing the Catholic faith in the United States. But it could get worse, too. The opposition to Biden might be even more vociferous than, we, than we'd want to believe. So what do you see as the, what would be in Massimo's, if you're going to make predictions or look to the future, always a perilous endeavor. What's the hopeful scenario Biden being a part of and what's the maybe the more the less hopeful or more problematic future arising from his his entering the presidency? That's a very difficult question. So what could happen in on the negative side is simply a continuation of what we have seen in these last few years. And so in the in in this situation which I call in the book of a soft schism so where there is one Catholic Church in the United States, but with uh, very different identities that are not just different, but in a situation of uh, mutual excommunication, basically. And so this is very unhealthy, very abnormal. And so I don't think it can get much worse than this, in the sense that I I, I don't think it's imaginable... Uh, a schism like in the Middle Ages with two popes or two. I, I don't think that. But this has really become part of uh, the identity of U.S. Catholics. And if this, if things continue as they are, it's already the worst case scenario for me. The best case scenario is uh, a Catholic church in the U.S. that starts to de-escalate and I would say especially in the official voices, which means in the Episcopate, but also in those intellectual leaders and in the Catholic media that in these last few years have really, I would say, made a profit of depolarization, a profit that is not necessarily financial, but political of a, a reputation. This is something that can be changed institutionally, from the top down. And so there are some decisions that can be made by some. And it, what may happen is that it's something similar to what happened with the election of, of Pope Francis, when a certain neoconservative agenda hit reality. And they saw that the future of the church was not going to be the way they predicted and they were sure of, but there was a, an unexpected development. The election of Joe Biden to the presidency may send a similar signal that you wage the culture war in order to have a certain outcome. And in the end, you have a Catholic president who sides on eagle's wings. <laughs> yes. so, that could be 
a signal that uh, a change in the language, in the strategy, in the ethos might actually happen. And so this is possible. It will require hard work from all of us, but there are some whose work will have more consequences than others, I would say. We know hope is not the same thing as optimism. Thank you, Massimo. Thank you very much. Massimo Fagioli's new book is Joe Biden and Catholicism in the United States. It's available in paperback, and you can find it wherever you buy books. Uh, Massimo also has a new piece on the Commonweal website about the USCCB and its statement regarding Joe Biden that it released on Inauguration Day. So look for that on our website. The Commonweal Podcast is produced by Assistant Editor Griffin Olenek and the Commonweal staff in partnership with Sandberg Media. Wally Boudway composed the music, and David Dalt did the editing. For the Commonweal Podcast, this is Dominic Preziosi. <laughs>